The Rigger Gambling Feed is back every Monday. Join myself, Joe House, Raheem Palmer, and John Dushepsi for East Coast Bias. Sunday's action recap and our favorite bets for Monday Night Football. Then on Tuesday, we got the Roster Diamond Show where I'll break down everything you need to know in the betting world. Plus, the East Coast Bias Boys will be back on Thursday to help you get your betting card sorted ahead of all the NFL action. And then on Fridays, it's me back with Warren Sharp, deep diving into the analytics. So be sure to subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I am joined by Danny Kelly, and that's it. Craig is not here this week. I think he's still celebrating the George Pickens catch to beat the Ravens. We're going to go through our must-add players. Entering week six, only two teams are on by this week. It's the Steelers and the Packers, but a lot of players were injured in week five. So, like, Travis Kelsey got banged up. Justin Jefferson has a hamstring issue. Anthony Richardson, collar or AC joint, I guess. Daniel Jones has a neck injury. James Conner got hurt. Khalil Herbert got hurt. And... The one that's most devastating of all, DK, your guy, you jinxed him this time, not me. As soon as we recorded... I don't do the jinxing. You do the jinxing. You did the jinxing. We waxed poetic about how DK was right yeah. and let him do a victory lap on how Devon HN, or HN is incredible. And literally less than 24 hours later, he has a knee injury. So how do you feel, DK, to be part of the curse? I feel team? terrible. What are you talking about? I feel... I'm, well, it's I'm, your fault is what I meant. I'm how do you feel? Losing my mind with sadness. This sucks. Um, I'm really hoping it's nothing major. Obviously, this is Monday afternoon. We don't know much about it. Um, the Twitter docs that are out there, I think, are indicating it's not going to be super serious. I think he came back into the game at one point. I'm not, like, super concerned with what the Twitter docs all think. Wow. Well, like, it's better than nothing. It's better than just guessing, speculating completely without any information. Um, but, yeah, it sounds like he's dealing with an injury, and that's all we know right now. So if he's out... For a long time, I'm going to be very sad. Even if he's out for a short time, I'm going to be pretty sad. So this sucks. We'll see what happens again. This is Monday. So DK has waiver column that goes up. It's at fantasyfootball.thereer.com. Same place. We have the rankings. And so as things change and we get more information between now and Monday afternoon, Monday Night Football game has even been played. And when you have to put your waivers in, you can get info there. We are going to go through our must-add players during week six. And here's how this works. We're going to go position by position. We'll give our top pick from that position. And like waiver wire, only one person gets them. We're going to do a trivia tiebreaker if we pick the same guy. It's not that complicated. You'll figure it out. If you're listening, email us at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com. Send us trivia questions. Make sure the answer is a number. Email us at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com. I'm Danny underscore hyphens on Twitter. DK is at Danny B. Kelly everywhere. All right. DK, without further ado, 
Let's dive in. Give me your number one running back ad entering week six. My number one ad right now is Roshan Johnson for the Bears running back rookie. What do you think? I agree. I also had him as the number one. Yeah, so the reason here is Khalil Herbert suffered what is being reported as a high ankle sprain. That's what uh, Saquon Barkley has. That's what we've seen multiple guys have this season. And it basically usually keeps players out for up to a month or longer. And usually when they come back, they're not nearly as effective. So it's looking like, you know, for the next few weeks at the very least, Khalil Herbert's going to be out and or limited. And that gives an opportunity for Roshan Johnson to kind of take over this lead back role. Now he has, he went, is going through currently going through concussion protocol. So if great he, start for the for us right here. We're being right. like number one out of the week. There's a little bit protocol. What could go yeah. wrong? The re- the reason I have him here though is because I think he could potentially have this role for like a month, just based on the severity of this uh, Khalil Herbert injury and based on the, also the fact that he was working up, he was working his way into the rotation quite a bit more um, over the last like two or three weeks, and so. You know, obviously, it may not work out for this week if he's still in concussion protocol by the time the weekend rolls around. He might not play this weekend, but I do think down the line, he'll have a big role. The other guy to keep in mind here, of course, is Deontay Foreman, who would be the other next man up if Roshan Johnson can't go. But I would prioritize Johnson now. If he gets out of the concussion protocol this week, that's great. If it's not so next week, I still think he's going to be the quote-unquote starter for a handful of weeks here while Claire Herbert heals up. Both these dudes are super likable. Deontay Foreman was like a really explosive running back. He tore his Achilles at this point like five years ago. And he's like, just seems like a good dude. And he's very easy to root for. He's a fun running style. But I want Roshan Johnson. Roshan Johnson is one. He's a rookie coming out of the draft. He was the guy. He was like, what, quarterback slash like probably could have been a safety in the NFL and then was converted to running back at Texas. And then they recruited Bijan Robinson. They're like, ah, don't need you at running back anymore. So he was like Bijan's backup. And now he has this really, str- he's a fourth rounder to the Bears, and he has this strange thing that you never really see, which is he's a rookie running back who's like the pass-catching running back on his team. And just to give you an idea of the reason we like Roshan, Roshan Johnson had six catches in his first career game. Deontay Foreman did not have six catches in the entirety of last season. And so <laughs> yeah. that's like in a nutshell. Why? And also I just think he has more juice because Deontay Foreman at this point tours Achilles like five years ago or four years ago. So I, I, I agree with Roshan, but to your point, guys with concussions this season are not playing if they get concussed on Sunday. Like, you can't really return in seven days. But if you play on Thursday, like the nine or ten day window, you can return. So we'll right, see. Right, but right, I agree right. that Roshan's the guy. So a little showdown time over Roshan Johnson here. Yeah, You have to do that. it for Craig, though. You have to do the... All right. This is the Roshan Johnson showdown time. That was pretty good. <laughs> Oh, you know what? I'm not gonna lie. I had low expectations, but you did. You okay. did great. Well, that's rude, but cool. It's the same reason the Giants season isn't hitting me too hard. I'm just like <laughs> I thought they'd be bad. My brother's yeah. losing his mind. All right, Roshan Johnson trivia for all the marbles here. Mm. Perfect. This is from. Oh my god, I forgot the person. I'm so sorry. It was Connor. Connor. What year was the last year? that a player was drafted to the NFL out of Frostburg State. <laughs> Which is perfect. Um, this is a great question. First of all, I have a question. How old is Frostburg State? I, I don't know that. You don't all uh, know? There's songs yeah. about it. You don't know the song? <laughs> okay, so... I'm gonna, I think I there's a, a Hanson song about Frostburg State. Drafted into the NFL? Okay, again, I... I there's... I. This seems like a trick question, but I'm, I've got something in mind. Okay. 
Three, two, one. 1939. 1939. <laughs> well, I said 1939. What'd you say? I said 1990. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. I don't, I don't know. Uh, the answer is 1973. Yeah. I'm closer. Um, right? Yes. <laughs> yes, yeah. I'm fat at math. All right. I'm going to take Roshan Johnson. Right. Can we get an answer of who this player was? Um, I actually forgot to look that up. <laughs> I'll look it up while you talk if you want to talk. All right. So next up here, I think I have to late wrinkle with this HN injury. I think the question is, so there's a couple other guys here. There's Zach Charbonnet, who's the running back for the Seahawks, which it's kind of weird. It's coming off a bye again. It's not someone you'd necessarily want to plug in your lineup this week, but the bye week, I think, is usually huge for rookies playing catch-up during the season, and the Seahawks just had their bye. The flip side is your offensive line. What are you down for? Your five starters? So that's not great, but if you don't need someone for this week, I think if Charbonnet's out there, I think over the course of the season, he'll get way more valuable. Shuba Hubbard's kind of an ugly one, like the Panthers. It's like he's out yeah. snapping Miles Sanders. It's kind of like you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. It's like if you want to like bet on like, oh, he could be the lead timeshare committee for the Carolina Panthers. Like, sick. What, he got nine <laughs> carries, 25 yards? The most depressing thing I can imagine. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, I, I think it's genuinely fine if you like need someone this week. If you're just like have a bipocalypse coming up or a bunch of injuries, and you're like, I need a warm body to play and flex. Chuba Hubbard's perfect. But if that's not the case, I'm like, I don't, I don't know what the upside is on Chuba Hubbard on this Panthers team. So I, yeah. I'm kind of like, I, he doesn't get my blood going. The question I have for you is what about Jeff Wilson for the Dolphins? Because now that A-Chan's hurt, again, this is like a real Monday conversation. We don't know what the deal is. But Jeff Wilson, they're expecting his practice window to open. Yep. And he's coming off IR. And he, he had IR. It was like a weird combination of like, an, like a midsection injury with a hand injury. And I think they couldn't, they thought he couldn't protect himself or whatever. But now if A-Chan's hurt, obviously if A-Chan's not hurt, this is less appealing. But we've seen enough from the Dolphins running game that if HN misses any time and Jeff Wilson's back, I, I mean, you could easily play Jeff Wilson whenever you wanted, like just based on what we've seen. This is tough because when early in the year, before HN kind of emerged, it was like the Raheem Mostert show, right? He was getting the vast, vast majority of the snaps. I don't know if that would continue if Jeff Wilson is healthy and on the field. And this is, again, assuming HN is out. Um, the other thing is Savan Ahmed is another guy that's sort of involved in this rotation. He looked good in limited opportunities. And so this is just a mess. If A-Chan is hurt, I would prioritize Wilson, but I wouldn't spend a ton probably right on, on like fab or whatever at this point, just based on, we don't really know what the rotation is going to be. We don't know how heavily he's going to be utilized. We don't know how long A-Chan is going to be out. There's just a lot of variables here. We don't know a lot, but at the same time, I don't know. It's like Raheem Mostert is not exactly a, you know, a picture of health. Of, yeah, yeah, it's a picture of health. And HN's already hurt. I'm kind of like, it's it's a weekly game. If you add Jeff Wilson and there's four weeks you end up playing him, I, I don't know. Like, that could totally be worth And this op, That's yeah. kind of the thing. It's like, look at the offense. We're like we're talking about one of the five greatest offenses of the 21st century, maybe. So I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it's get fair. back. I'm, I'm torn. I'm still, I'm just still in shock with this HN news. So I'm, I'm I, I don't want to talk about You're grieving. This. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Bob Maddox is the last guy drafted out of Frostburg State. Bob Classic. Maddox. Robert. He was drafted in 1973 in the 7th round by the Bengals. A little more recent. I don't think I've heard of this guy. Maybe I have. Niles Scott was Oh yeah, a, Bobby Mad Dog and and Niles Scott. <laughs> undrafted free agent in 2018 for Cincinnati also. Cincinnati just like fil filtering guys in cuz of course Frostburg State is in Cincinnati, I believe, isn't it? No. I what think did we decide? Cle Cleveland. Oh, Cleveland. So it's close. All right, other running backs. Justice Hill for the Ravens. I thought he looked really good. 
He had seven carries for 32 yards, but I thought the point that, one, he looked he looked good. He had just had a couple really aggressive spin moves that I appreciated. I, I think he's the best-looking running back the Ravens have, juice-wise, handsome, everything. The other thing, though, Justice still had four catches for 13 yards. Do you know that four catches is tied for the second-most catches a running back's ever had with Lamar Jackson? <laughs> in a game? Shut up. That's crazy. crazy. Yeah. Uh, so that's important. Uh, by the way, Jack says it was Frostburg State is in Maryland. We decided this yesterday. We already forgot oh. where Frostburg. Oh, State Notre Dame is. College is in Cleveland. Sorry, right? <laughs> that's right. Because was it Kyron Williams went to Notre Dame College, not Notre yeah. Dame University? We all right. Actually, I'm going to read an email on that right now. Or should okay. we to get through the running backs first? Uh, yeah, let's get through them really quickly. Right, I actually agree with you on Justice Hill. I had him put up quite a bit higher on my list. Um, I just think again, this is a good offense. Last week, notwithstanding, I think they're going to be a better offense as the season goes along. He has more juice, I think, than Gus Edwards. And more importantly, like you said, he's more, way more involved in the passing game. He's getting all the long, dis- long down and distance third down looks. And so I just think he has a slightly bigger upside right now than Gus Edwards does. Um, and then Tajay Spears, you know, his, his snap rate for the Titans, his snap rate continues to grow. It's almost like 50% this year. They're splitting reps pretty evenly with him and Derrick Henry. I'd say Spears is more interesting in games where it's either going to be close or they're trailing, the Titans are trailing because he's their pass-catching guy. And in the games that they're winning, it's going to be like the Derrick Henry salting away the, the, the last two quarters or whatever. Um, but Spears, he looks pretty exciting. Uh, you know, just from a skill set point of view, he's explosive. He can make guys miss. And then the other guy to mention here is Amari DiMercato, running back for the Cardinals, who would be ostensibly the next man up if James Conner misses a significant time here. Can I make a, a statement? I yes. think there's a chance. I don't know if this is the number one, but I think there's a chance that Amari DiMarcado is the least known player we've ever plugged on the show. He's up there. <laughs> yeah, Maybe that's not true because he's on Kai's not here. Yeah, I know, Kai's not here right now. Maybe that's He'd not be... true because college football-wise, he was probably better known as, I mean, as a backup running back. But I, I, I right. think this is like the, a true who? Yeah. I mean, I barely know who he is, and I study the draft. He, he, was, he backed up Kendra Miller at TCU. Um, and he was backing up Keontae Ingram until like a week or two ago when Keontae Ingram got hurt. And so this is definitely a deep cut running back, undrafted free agent, but he might be the next man up here if, if Connor misses a significant time. He was the only, and that's the thing. You should, against Monday, we don't know the severity of James Connor's injury yet. Obviously, if James Connor's looks like he might play on Sunday, that's not a big deal. And if James Connor's out a month, then DeMarcado's more valuable. So you can move him up or down. And again, DK's rankings, we can have a more updated version. I just want to mention other stashes. Jordan Mason, I think not Elijah Mitchell is the guy behind McCaffrey now. Elijah Mitchell cannot stay healthy in a backup yeah. role. I don't know what world he would stay healthy in a starting role. I like Jordan Mason. Uh, Battery. The win. email. So we, sorry, the reason we're talking about Frostburg State is yesterday's episode. We talked about how Kyron Williams went to Notre Dame, but he went to Notre Dame College. No, Kyron Williams went to Notre Dame. Oh, no, sorry, he did. There Wait, was a different how did guy. I get on this? <laughs> and now I'm get, now I'm just slandering Kyron Williams. Uh, My bad. Kyron. No, it's Jaleel McLaughlin. Right, Jaleel M- McLaughlin, McLaughlin. Sorry, whatever. Okay. However you say his name, you're the one with the kid. You're supposed to have like the bad memory. <laughs> sorry. No, Kyron Williams went to real Notre Dame. He Jaleel went McLaughlin to real Notre Dame. To Notre yeah. Dame. Well, they're both real, but Notre Dame College. <laughs> and then we looked up Notre Dame College's schedule because we we're like, who do they even play? And on there was Frostburg State. Right. Hence the question. But then we got an email about this. Uh, this one's from Tom. Tom. I got into Notre Dame, the one with the touchdown Jesus in South Bend, Indiana. But one day I, when I was in high school, it was like 20 years ago. So one day after school, another guy on the, on the team, the football team he's on, comes up to me and high fives me and says, dude, I'm going to Notre Dame too. <laughs> and I was surprised because this guy, you know, found school a little bit more challenging than I did. 
Uh-huh. And he said, but I went to Walmart. I was like, nice. That's awesome. I can't wait for football season. But like, it'll, you know, I'm not gonna like the snow. He's like, yeah, me too. But I don't think it'll be that bad because it's in Maryland. <laughs> and I was like, what? And that's what I learned. There's not one Notre Dame. There's not two. There's three. There are three oh, Notre wow. Dames. There's Notre Dame. There's the University of Notre Dame with the right. touchdown Jesus. Then there's the Golden Domers. Yeah. There's Notre Dame College. But then there was also the College of Notre Dame, which oh, is now rebranded to the Notre Dame. It's Notre Dame of Maryland University. <laughs> uh, there's too many colleges. We need to consolidate. There's a lot. There's a lot of colleges. Get ready to start the NFL week off right because right now all customers can get a no sweat same game parlay for Thursday night. Football just placed a three leg same game parlay on this week's game between the Denver Broncos and the Kansas City Chiefs and you'll get bonus bets back if you don't win. I know what you're thinking. Chiefs, good. Broncos, bad. I actually don't know if you fully understand how much better the Chiefs are against specifically the Broncos. This game could just take the Chiefs overs, whatever, and you're thinking, no, that's too easy. Then take the Chiefs unders, but I would just, Mahomes, over yards, over touchdowns. The Chiefs just really enjoy crushing Denver. Build your own or choose from one of the popular same-game parlays pre-built for you in FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app, and FanDuel is now live in Kentucky. Download the app now and take advantage of their great special offers, boosts, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Ringer Fantasy so you don't miss out on your chance to get a no-sweat same-game parlay on America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, must be 21-plus and present in select states. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max refund, $5 unless otherwise specified. Restriction supply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Wide receiver, DK, give me your number one wide receiver entering this week. This one came down to two guys. It was very close, but I'm going with Josh Downs for the Colts. Who do you got? Dude, I got Josh Reynolds for the Lions. He's another good one. I think there's a third guy to mention here, too. Uh, how, how do you want to do this? You want to Josh down Palmer? Our, our, yeah, Josh Palmer. We, we can't even one. agree on which Josh. Josh Palmer? I love how you say Palmer. Palmer? Dolphins? Josh Palmer. Um, yeah, I think those are the top three guys. Josh Palmer, Josh Downs, Josh Reynolds. Here's my take with Josh Reynolds. The week of the Joshes. So, should we just do trivia for the people? Yes. Or should we just? No, it's yes, like, no, we absolutely should. But otherwise, it's like kind of fake. Like I feel like if we're doing that's that, okay. Now, it's... We we are the we are the host of this show. We can decide. <laughs> <what we're doing. laughs> it's true. All right, whatever. Craig's not here. Craig Craig would be like the sanctity of whatever. <laughs> Loser. Uh, he's not here. Yeah, Craig is a is a notorious stickler. Yeah, you for, know what uh, he would for yeah. no rules. Craig. You know what? Decisions get made by those who show up. All right, this is from Tom in Australia. Tom, another Tom. Who's the other Tom? You, you mentioned a Tom that was on Notre Dame. Was went to that Notre was Dame. Connor. Oh, was it Tom? Jesus Christ, your your What's memory really is failing. What is going <laughs> this on? Was like ten seconds ago. Super embarrassing. Anyway, anyway, Tom. Tom Jaleel. <laughs> I like when the questions themselves make me laugh. How many writers are credited on Pitbull's magnum opus <laughs> hotel room service? <laughs> oh. That's a great question. Uh, well, it's sampling the song, so I, mean, I know. Yeah, these, yeah. Like, a lot of the songs these days have like a million writers. Um, I, I read a whole article about how many, pe- like the um, politics of how many people were credited on Sicko Mode by Travis Scott because he sampled like two of the songs that have the most samples, and he put them together. So I think yeah. like forty people had a credit on that. I have so a number I, in mind. Yeah, me too. Okay, three, two, one, 17. sixteen. Oh, oh. <laughs> whoa. I said 17. He has said 60. What's the answer? The answer is 12. Ah, nice. 
Oh, well, it didn't matter because we chose different people. So Yeah, that's true. All right. My thing with Josh Reynolds is simple. He had four catches, 76 yards, and a touchdown this week. He did that with a groin injury. He's a starting receiver for the Lions, who are one of the best offenses in the league. Right now, speaking of guesses, well, I'm not going to make a guess. Do you realize that Josh Reynolds is the 21st receiver on the season? 21. Yes, I did. I did know this. I actually thought it, I thought it was 19th. Maybe it moved after Sunday Night Football. Oh. But Well, based on everything, I'm getting everything wrong today anyway. But He's ahead of Michael Pittman. Yeah. He's ahead of Devontae Smith. He's ahead of Jordan Addison, Garrett Wilson, Terry McLaurin, Chris Olave, DeAndre Hopkins. And even if you account for Amari Cooper per game, Amari Cooper. That's wild. How is this guy on waivers? I think it's the name. He yeah, doesn't have a lot of he doesn't have a lot of name recognition. Yeah, he's wide receiver twenty one. It must have changed at some point last night. But anyways, yeah, I think this is a good one. He had one goose egg in week three. He didn't do anything, but otherwise he's been really solid. He's averaging, or I don't know what his average is exactly, but he's you know double digits and half PPR obviously, and fifteen points. And Amon Ross St. Brown is like really solid abdomen injury, which I, I I'm. Amon Ra might have like a hernia or something. And if that's the case, Amon Ra could miss time for the whole year. And I know in theory, Jamison Williams is back as an outside receiver, but Jamison Williams, and I wanted people to add him last week, but it's like, that's a slow burn. That's like a, you started three and one, four and oh, and are just like, I I want him later. Josh Reynolds is the person who can help you now. Like he's starting, he's playing. And I'm like, every week Amon Ra, I I think Josh Reynolds is the guy, but Josh Downs, I also had, I had him number two. Yeah. So the part of the reason I have downs is related to the fact that Anthony Richardson has a shoulder injury that's going to keep him out for it sounds like at least a month, maybe longer. Like, gotta AC, figure out how to make money on this. AC sprains on the right shoulder it, of the shoulder, uh, your throwing shoulder. That's not a good thing. It's like very disconcerting for me. So for now, it looks like Minshew is going to be the guy, and Minshew has really targeted Josh Downs a lot. Like he's been kind of they've shown a lot of uh, rapport. Maybe this is a one of those things where it's like the preseason narrative where they gain a lot of like rapport and in chemistry when they're playing together on the second team or whatever and, and early on in, in training camp and stuff like that. So I don't know, Josh Downs to me, he's worked his way into the lineup. He's playing a lot. He's the third guy in that rotation right now. He's a slot receiver only. Um, but he's getting like, especially in half PPR and PPR, he's getting like a lot of targets. And so, um, you know, I think he's a guy that, in, especially in half PPR and PPR leagues, can be really valuable as like a flex option going forward. So Josh Downs would be my number one. Josh Reynolds, I guess the only reason I balk a little bit is just that Jamison Williams is coming back. And Jamison Williams actually played a lot of snaps yesterday. But Josh Reynolds is hurt, like you said. And so that kind of could skew things a little bit. Um, Jamison Williams has three catches in his career. I guess I don't look at Jamison Williams doing anything as like taking away from Josh Reynolds necessarily because... Yeah. Jamison Williams is going to be in a perfect world. What? He's basically going to be like Deshaun Jackson. Like he has the potential to have like three catches for 150 yards and a touchdown. But I don't think that takes away from Josh Reynolds being able to have like five for 80 every week. Yeah. I mean, he also yeah, it, played like five snaps and three receiver sets. So I'm like, for right now, what are we talking about here? Also, if Amon has gone, who cares? Like it's the Lions. It's like there's plenty of room to go around for everyone. So Josh Palmer is the other guy here. And for now, he's holding off. Quentin Johnston as the, you know, in, in the pecking order in the Chargers passing game, obviously. Quentin Johnston could overtake him eventually, but right now it feels like he's pretty raw. He's not doing the little things that, like, you know, receivers, coaches, and offensive coordinators really like. And so he's not. We're catching the ball with his hands? That's one of them, but I think it's also just like route running, timing, and spacing, and all that stuff. And so um, Josh Palmer is a little bit more experienced. He's got some. You know, he's done it before in the past in terms of production. And so I think Palmer would be, uh, he doesn't have a high ceiling probably, 
But in terms of like a flex option, if you're trying to fill in for bye weeks or injuries, he could be a guy too. That I think. So would you cut Josh Palmer for Josh Downs, or at this point, so close? Josh Palmer was kind of like question. over our little threshold here. I mean, they're pretty close. They're pretty close. Splitting hairs between those two, but I probably, I guess, I probably lean Palmer just because he's done it more. Done it I think that's a top tier. The Josh's, ironically, I do think the top tier of ads are like Josh's. If you have a Josh at receiver, you're doing good. I think the next guy for me, Rishi Rice for the Chiefs who's the Chiefs rookie, went in the second round. Is it fair to say he's kind of like in the Brandon Ayuk mold of just like this like running back-esque athlete yeah. who's kind of just like, they're like, we'll teach him to play receiver later. That's who I comped him to, in fact, in my draft guide. Did you know that or did... I think I probably incepted myself <laughs> where I knew that and then yeah. waited six months and then thought it was an original thought that I had. Right, correct. Which which is most of life. But he got his finally, he had a, finally got his touchdown this week because he'd been tackled at the one yard like two or three times. But I will just say the two things about Rishi Rice. Travis Kelsey's banged up, and it's like, whatever. He came back in the game and scored a touchdown. So, But if anything happens to Travis Kelsey, I feel like Rishi Rice is the only receiver on this Chiefs offense that I actually can see like being great down the stretch. And I say that his yards per route run right now is two point, basically two and a half yards per route run. The receivers ahead of him in yards per route run, I'm going to go in like order from like 12 to 1. It's Puka Nakua, Keenan Allen, Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs, DJ Moore, Nico Collins, AJ Brown, Mike Evans, Brandon Ayuk, Tyreek Hill. So just the who's who of who's good at receiver this year. Right. And then Rishi Rice. So I'm kind of like, that's pretty good. That's a good sign. Well, and I agree with that. The reason he's not higher, though, 29% snap rate yesterday, which actually was down quite a bit from the week before. Yeah. I agree that he's a rotational player right now, and it's not someone that I would plug in your lineup right now unless you're like in this, a deep yeah, league. Yeah, this is a stash. This is a, absolutely a stash. Wild card guy I want to throw out that's probably wi wildly incorrect and you shouldn't listen to me, but I'm just interested by is Rondell Moore for their Cardinals receiver. He's Oh, I like is where this cheeky, is going. Because yeah. James Conner's hurt. Yes. And again, they had one running back take snaps after James Conner left the game. And their other, Keontae Ingram is, I don't think he's that great. And he's hurt. Rondell Moore is taking snaps in the backfield as a receiver. He's like, if Debo Samuel got minimized, like in Mario Kart, when you get struck by lightning, like that's what <laughs> right. Rondell, he's like 5'7", he runs like lightning. Second rounder two years ago, he had three carries for 50 yards. Evan Silva at Establish the Run has been, he's basically mm -hmm. like Austin Eckler and that Rondell Moore is like probably best version going forward his career. I kind of think Rondell Moore might get carries the same way the Niners lose two running backs. They're just like, Debo, you're the guy now. I, I, this is That would be sweet. Kind of just based yeah. on... This isn't based on anything factual. It's just this kind of a, a vibe. Yeah, 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 it's a hunch. I'm just like, I, looking at this team, I'm like, why wouldn't you give this guy the ball? So I don't know. Maybe Ron Moore gets the ball. Yeah, go back two weeks, I think, or three weeks. He took a, I think it was like a sweep or just an outside run. He took it like 50, 60 yards for a touchdown. And so he's obviously got the explosiveness. Uh, I would worry that they'd be worried about him getting hurt just because he's been, he's struggled with injuries basically his whole career and going back into college. But at the same time, He's he's not like a how do I put this without sounding like a dick? He's not a very good receiver. Like he's not he's he's more of a running back, honestly, than a receiver. He's he's in that spectrum of like a guy that's good after the catch. You know what I mean? He's not very good. He's just so small. He's like five foot seven. So yeah, I, I think that would make a lot of sense. I like that idea. A couple of other guys to throw out here, just quickly. Curtis Samuel for the commanders is doubling Jahan Dotson in points this year, almost doubling, which is just very hard to swallow, uh, you know, for someone who is excited about what Jahan Dotson would, would be able to do this year. But the thing that d differentiates Curtis Samuel from Dotson right now, I think, is just like 
manufactured touches. Like they're getting Curtis Samuel the ball in easier ways. I think he's caught something like 23 out of 27 targets, whereas Dotson has caught 17 out of 30. And so maybe just if you're looking for a, a slightly higher floor than Jahan Dotson, Dotson's floor has been absolutely horrific uh, this season. And so Curtis Samuel could be a guy. And then KJ Osborne is a guy that could come in and, and take over for Justin Jefferson if Jefferson misses multiple weeks. And Kevin O'Connell, the Vikings head coach, said Jefferson's down, which is tough. So I, think I don't know what that Osborne means. Osborne arguably should be higher on this list. Because, I think, uh, here's my yeah. thing with Osborne. I'm very torn. We don't know how much long Jefferson's going to be out, so keep that in mind. I'm torn because I think KJ Osborne's like a very not special player. Like, I think he's very much a totally, even at a third or fourth receiver level, a replaceable mm-hmm. person. It's a jag. And if you look at like just depth of target or yards per rat run, it's the people around him are like Sky Moore, Devontae Parker, people with like uncertain NFL futures. Having said that, if Justin Jefferson's out, like the, you know, the Vikings are playing the Bears this week. You know what I mean? Like KJ yeah. Osborne maybe should be first on this list and we're overthinking it. So depends yeah. whether Justin Jefferson, if Justin Jefferson's going to be out a month, yeah, maybe we should be like KJ. Maybe K- the J and KJ stands for Josh and he can break into the top tier. Perhaps, perhaps. Hold on, wait, look. KJ Osborne's full name is Kendrick Osborne. Oh, so I don't know what the J is. I can't find the J. If it's Josh, that kind of answers the question, doesn't it? <laughs> well, let's just say it is. I will get you on it. Okay, he's an honorary Josh. Number one tight end entering week six. For me, it's going to be Logan Thomas for the Commanders. Veteran. Well, this is kind of weird. I still kind of want to go Luke Musgrave for the Packers. I know. It's still the Musgrave thing, but it's Monday Night Football, right. and they haven't played yet. So if you're listening to this and the game happened, maybe Luke Musgrave had like 200 yards and you're like, obviously, maybe Luke Musgrave caught nothing and lost the Packers the game. <laughs> and this just sounds really dumb. But you can alter your, your waiver list if you do. So I think Logan Thomas is super fair. I think I'd go, I still love Musgrave, but I'll go Thomas for right now. I mean, Logan Thomas right now is the tight end nine. This, yeah, right, fine. In fantasy. All right. it's, and this is a guy who has done it in the past, whereas Musgrave, I feel like, is going to be a little bit more peaks and valleys. I like. I think Musgrave is good, and I think he's going to be good. Um, so if he's out there, he's a, he's a guy I would absolutely stash. But, I mean, Logan Thomas has a history of a lot of production, and you know, it doesn't look like right now he's in any danger of losing his job based on what we've seen the last couple of weeks. So. No, you convinced me. And also, he had nine catches, 77 yards and a touchdown. And he also plays with, like, zero regard for his own life. Like, there was a first down he leapt for in that Thursday night football game where he kind of leapt, like, he looked like a guy jumping through a window. <laughs> or, like, if you were handcuffed and you had to crawl out of, like, a cop car. Like, it mm. just, like, literally, like, he just, like, jumped. And I was just like, he'll do anything. And I'm like, all right, cool. He might be good. Yeah. Logan Thomas showdown time? Let's do it. This is the Logan Thomas showdown time. Oh, that was too much. <laughs> You're doing too much. You do, do, too too, do less, do less. It's from Andre. Andre. What percentage of all animal species are just beetles? <laughs> That's a crazy what question. What percentage of all animal species? An insane question. So that would, this would imply that there's a fuckload of beetles in the world. There's so many animals. So I saw the answer. So my, but I, saw, but I knew, I made a guess before I saw it. So my okay. first thought was 2%. And then I was like, but he's asking us the question. So that wouldn't be. Well, I'm so just going to price this right you and say five. No, it's, well, you, you just went too quickly. Too I'm high? Saying, that's not the answer I gave. What's the answer you gave? Well, I'll say it on the three, two, one. I'm saying my first thought was two. And then my thought <laughs> okay. was, but he asked us this question. And that wouldn't be a particularly interesting answer. Oh, so you went way higher. Yeah. Okay. Three, two, one. 
Ten percent. A hundred. I don't know. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, I said five. I already said what, five. I'm saying we're five. all Beatles. You sticking with five? Even though I told I you, I already said gonna... five. Do you want me to change my answer? That's exactly okay. what it's giving you. Twenty-five. The to do. I'll say twenty-five. What did you say? Uh, I said ten. Okay. The answer is twenty-five. All right. <laughs> and I'm the one who's claimed you saw the answer this too. Was, I bet this whole thing, this whole process, has just completely been bastardized. That seems crazy. A quarter of all species are beetles? Animals. I don't think bacteria counts in this, but animal species. Animal species. species. Still. That's wild. That's it. What about fish? It's weird to I, animals. I, I wouldn't think a beetle of I wouldn't think a beetle is an animal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, what do you think they are? An insect, which I don't really consider an animal. I'm, obviously, I don't know the scientific like designations or categories or whatever. I think of animals. To me, an animal is like a mammal. But well, that's a kind that's, of animal. That's dumb. But I, I know that's not correct. It's, it's just very mammalist of you. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe that. So how many? So there's like four hundred thousand different types of beetles. Wow, that's ridiculous. All right, more you know. So wait, I won. Yeah, you get Logan Thomas. I'll just take Luke Musgrave. Yeah, uh, for all the aforementioned reasons. And uh, and uh, watch the Monday football game, and you can see if that's smart or not. Actually, I'm realizing that I'm an idiot, and the Packers are on by next week. Oh, wow. So you probably take the Musgrave thing off. There you go. I mean, I still think Musgrave is a good or stash or whatever for the next week after that. But All right. Well, that was embarrassing for me. You know who another another annoying one here? Yeah. Janu Smith. <laughs> if you really want your life to be bad, like if you want your life to get worse, Janu Smith is out there, guys. Um, he's outscoring Kyle Pitts in fantasy. He has more catches and yards and fantasy points. Sorry, more catches and more yards in addition to more fantasy points. I don't know if that's going to continue. Obviously, Kyle Pitts had a good game this last week. But Johnny Smith is actually a thing. My fantasy team is basically just, it's just cats in the wall from It's Always Sunny. It's like <laughs> Kyle Pitts stuck in the wall, can't get him out. Need like, oh, we'll put Johnny Smith in, we'll yank him out. And then like Michael Pruitt's <laughs> going to get a touchdown and be like, all right, we're going to need another cat. Yeah. Just keep pulling him out. I, I think the other ones that look at Dalton Schultz for the Texans is actually part of this offense now. I feel like he started the season really quietly. Mm. But the last two weeks, he has more yards. He has more than twice as many yards as he did in the first three. So I think Schultz is, you know, the guy. I mean, he signed there as a free agent. I think Schultz, you could probably do a lot worse than Dalton Schultz. Like, Chico Conquell, I'm about ready to give up on. Like, I would, at this point, I'd just I mean, he Dalton had, Schultz. yeah, he had nine targets in this last game, and he didn't do anything with it, really. That's the so. thing. So tough. The, the other one, if you're really desperate, I know we've said this name before and been burned, but I will say Gerald Everett, who was robbed of, like, three touchdowns, by Donald Parham. Donald Par <laughs> Craig asked for Donald Parham to be stopped, and he got, you know what? Be careful what you wish for, because Donald Parham has a sprained wrist. And if, if Donald Parham misses this game, and if you're looking at your lineup on Sunday and being like, oh my God, I'm going to play Chico Conquo again, then yeah, maybe Gerald Everett. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like 
available H-Track all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. All right, next up, quarterback. Quarterback. So Anthony Richardson seems, he. I mean, he's basically already been ruled out for week six. The question is when he comes back. If you have Richardson, I feel like you have other options. And then Daniel Jones has this neck injury. It's not good. They're playing the Bills this week. The offensive line is the or one of the worst in the entire league. Daniel Jones, you're not doing anything with him. So if you have to stream, I don't know who you identified to get. The guys that I'm looking at for this week, Sam Howell, who had like 26 points this week, almost four passing yards. Like, yep. And then Matt Stafford, the Rams are playing the Cardinals. Is sol- he's like perfectly solid. And then Bryce Young, honestly, they're playing the Dolphins. And it's kind of one of those, maybe the Dolphins are up 25 points. And then, because Bryce Young had like, you know, Hundreds of hundreds of yards last week. It actually had a solid performance, just basically in garbage time against the Lions. So, yeah, uh, Sam Howell's my guy. I mean, it's like this goes back to the way he played in college. I think is which was either huck it deep or take off running, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's good for fantasy. Maybe not so good for you know the guys around him. Or doesn't the that team say fantasy's broken if the strategy that's terrible for winning real games is great for fantasy football? Isn't that like an indictment on all of us? Mm, I don't really think about that. I don't care, to be totally honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> why Why should right. I care? I'm just All trying right. to win fantasy, you know, matchups. I don't really give a shit. Um, but yeah, Howell would be the guy. Howell, last week, I remember Howell, I think, had like 10 points at halftime, and I was so bummed about starting him. And then just garbage time. Actually, they did. They they made a pretty, you know, it's like Blake Bortles in the second half to make a comeback. It's like if Blake Bortles have been fun to watch. <laughs> How are you feeling about Sam Howell overall, though? Do you think he looks like he's out of his depth and this is not going to last, or do you think there's there's something there? I think he's the perfect stopgap quarterback for this yeah. organization. They have nothing invested in him. He's a fifth-round pick. Again, I just keep thinking about, like, you just have to want to win the Super Bowl. There's, like, six or eight teams trying every year, and Washington's in the group where Josh Harris, who owns the team now, they're thinking about what are they going to call the team next year? Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're not... This is what they're thinking about. Like, they're just like, they don't know who's going to run the team. I don't think Ron Rivera's going to be the coach. Like, they got so many things to figure out. Quarterback, he's a perfect amount of hope for the team in the short term. And he'll be very easy to move on as soon as they have a different It's low stakes because he was a fifth-round pick. It's a fling. It's like, you know, they're not the right time in in each other's lives. It's complicated. (laughs) But like, hey, it's working for us right (laughs) now. The timing isn't right. Why do we need to put a label on it? That's all. Yeah. Let's just keep doing this. All right, streaming defense is not gonna lie; it's a bad week. I like you should probably stick with whoever you got. So the two, the two that I identified here: Cincinnati against Seattle. I think Seattle's obviously a good offense, and so that's not like the most appealing thing. But Cincinnati's defense has quietly been pretty impressive. And then Houston. So Cincinnati's D, you're not afraid of Geno and, and the Sox just because they have all the backup linemen. Correct. I, 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 am, I, I would say down. this is not the great. This is not the greatest matchup for Cleveland, but I, or sorry for uh, Cincinnati. But I do think keep Cincinnati's defense is good. Keep confusing confu- Cincinnati and Cleveland. Well, they are close together, and they both start with C. So that's a real West Coast thing. So they're they're, are, they're also both orange. They're like three hours apart. <laughs> they're orange. There are orange black. teams starting they're with C orange in and black. Ohio. I'll give you that. I conflate the two. Uh, but yeah, and then I, the other one would be Houston against New Orleans. I don't know if I trust New Orleans offense quite yet. I don't trust Derek Carr yet, despite what happened against New England. 
How many people do trust Derek Carr in any context? Nobody, anything? really. I mean, I you know, maybe his brother. Yeah, he, his brother definitely trusts him. Probably too much. Yeah, Who else? I, I think Who else? the Jaguars defense, just because they're playing the Colts, I don't really love the Jaguars defense, but, I mean, Gardner Minshew, I, I'm not, you know, swayed by Gardner The Minshew. Jags are a tough team to watch. I texted you they this are. over the weekend. I know that they won. But man, they are they're just a painful team to watch. Yeah, I don't are. know why. Maybe it's just I expect them to be cleaner and, and crisper and just a little more efficient with with Trevor Lawrence. But man, I would say especially offense. Like their defense, I I'm not too concerned with. But offensively, this is totally a tangent. They're just offensively very hard to watch for me. I, they're one of the most frustrating teams to watch. And on that note, the other one is the Raiders defense against the Patriots, which again, maybe this sounds hilarious because maybe Jordan Love carves up the Raiders on Monday Night Football tonight. But at this yeah. current moment in time, it's difficult to imagine the Patriots they're being having a successful offensive performance. It's just offensive. Like they're literally last in passing and last in rushing. So maybe that right there is a Costanza. But I, I don't know if I would actually stream any of these defenses. Like, unless you're the Steelers who run by, I'm kind of like, you'd probably just stick with whoever you got. But if you really have to, you know, I, I the Raiders. You probably would never stream them in any other week of the season, but give me them. I, I kind of think Mac Jones might get benched, Bailey Zappi, but I'm like, yeah, fine. Let me roll the dice. Yeah, but did you see Bailey Zappi when he came in, in in relief? Bailey Zappi's been really bad. He was really bad in the preseason. He was they bad. cut him to waivers. This is what I keep coming back yeah. to. The, if the get Patriots this other thought, Malik Cunningham guy up, like, yeah, I, that, that's I, what I want to see. I actually think that's actually what they should do. Like, if the Patriots yeah. sent Bailey Zappi to waivers. They're, he's not the quarterback of their future. Waivers means that they let all other 31 teams have a chance to take him. No, everyone's like, eh. They were, everyone fine. passed. We're fine. <laughs> like, that's crazy. <laughs> like, he's like, so, uh, yeah, it's not good. Here's a question, another tangent. Do you think Mac Jones, well, first of all, do you think he's good? And second, do you think he would thrive, I guess this is connected, would he thrive on any other team or is he just broken at this point? Whew. What if, in another universe, Both. what if the what if the 49ers had drafted him instead Both. of Trey Oh, Lance? yeah. We had yeah, there was this huge argument. All right. I'm this is actually one of my most passionate topics in the entirety of football. Oh no, what and like, no, if you had, but okay. nature nurture, right? Right. It's like right, right, right. basically I I feel like the crazy person because basically we look at these quarterbacks in every position, but quarterbacks are obviously the most important. And we're like, well, how even in the first round, half of them just don't work. Half of them are just not good. And I'm always, obviously, NFL's hard, and particularly the future's hard. And and also, there's no industry that just is great at hiring, right? Like, I don't know anyone who's like, oh, yeah, our industry is famously gets like a 95% hit rate. Having said that, I just look at the NFL draft, and I always think how the best prospects are handed to the worst teams. Right. And we're like, I wonder why these guys suck. And I did a whole breakdown in this. And what I found was, if you defi- I defined a good team as a team that had been over 500 over the last two years and made the playoffs. Right. And those teams draft quote-unquote, good quarterbacks twice as often. There's something there. There's something there. Well, I don't know. Like, what do you think? Like, what do you, like, if Brock Purdy and Mac Jones, not right now, but, I mean, what do you, well, what do you think of Mac? Let's start there. Like, do you think he's broken? And do you think he's good? I would say he's closer to being broken than being good at this point in time. Um, I think, and I completely, by the way, I completely agree with what you're talking about, nature versus nurture. I think surrounding supporting cast, uh, coaching, continuity, all those things really, really matter. How how willing a coaching staff is to is how willing they are to build like an offensive system that really accentuates your strengths, or they just want to run their stuff, and you need to learn how to do that. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many variables that go into being a quarterback. I also think, as I've said many times, confidence is a big part of this whole equation that is impossible to measure. You know, so I think there's a million things that go into it, and obviously, I think the reason we see 
good teams hit on a higher rate with these quarterbacks is because the support system and coaching staff and all that stuff is there. You're asking a hell of a lot for a 21-year-old player to come in and like save a franchise, lift a yeah. franchise. There's a reason Bryce Young doesn't look good this year. And, That's the thing. You know, but the, so, the, I don't know. The example I always come back to is I think it is like, you know, the reality is every person, every player, like a player entering the league has a range of outcomes that I'll call one to 10 on the scale of, you know, Tom Brady obviously hit the 10.0 out of 10.0 on the possibility of his career, probably broke the scale. And that's a testament to him and your specific, each specific person has different range of outcomes, right? Like, I don't think Josh Allen's, like, I don't think Blake Bortles had the 10 that Josh Allen has. But the thing I do think is Josh Allen is approaching like, a, like an eight or a nine, right? On, on achieving talent. And I'm like, if Josh Allen had actually gone to the, we thought like even the day before the draft, Josh Allen was going to go number one in the Browns. If Josh Allen went to the 0-16 Cleveland Browns with Hugh Jackson <laughs> and Todd Haley and yeah. had what Baker had with four coordinators in three years, I don't think he'd be very good. We'd be making fun of him still. And I just keep thinking about what if Baker had gone to the Bills instead? Like, we're, I don't know. And so with the Mac thing, I think Mac's rookie year was so good that I think it's kind of weird to think that he just sucks now. I'm like, but I do agree with you that he's been broken because I don't know, it's a fragile thing, but the environment you come into in those first few years is kind of everything. Well, it's, it's the other thing that came to mind when you're talking about this is like style of coaching too. Can you imagine, and I'm not, I'm not even defending Mac when I say this, but like, can you imagine the conversations between Mac Jones and Bill Belichick? Like, <laughs> Mac Jones, personality-wise, does not match up with, with Bill Belichick, I don't think. And also, and this is like not a secret. Last year. Yeah, I just think the best coaches, and we see this a lot around the NFL right now, like there's a lot of young coaches and they, in just this a huge generalization, but like maybe they can uh, relate to these younger players just better and get them and teach them more effectively and just have a better relationship with them. Like, can you, like, I just can't imagine Bill Belichick and Mac Jones interacting, period. Like, it seems like they hate each other. You know, how is this going to foster anything good? The other example is also just the Texans right now, CJ Stroud, where Bobby Slovic is the um, offensive coordinator there. It's one of the younger coordinators out there. Mm-hmm. And I think D'Amico Ryan's was talking about how you have to, it's not about what you believe as a coach. It's about you have to like build your scheme to what your players do well. And like Mike Tomlin, this is a famous example, but he was like a 4-3 defense, like through and through Vikings 4-3 defensive coordinator and went to the Steelers and went through, it was like, well, we have three, four people and did it. And yeah, it's incredible. I know it's so basic, but like no one does that. And I don't think there's a better example right now than Tua. And Warren Sharp was screaming about this from the rooftops and so many people were, but Mike McDaniels all but said, like, when he got there, they Chan Gailey installed an offense for Ryan Fitzpatrick, who does everything literally the opposite of two. He throws it, he rips it, grips it and rip it, doesn't worry about turnovers, throws it outside, back shoulder, like holds the ball, like all this stuff. Right. And Tua and Mike McDaniels, like, they were just having Tua do everything he's not good at and not doing any of the stuff he is good at. And like to Mike McDaniel, he just was like, the thing I had to change was they had broken his confidence by asking him to do everything he sucks at. He didn't say yeah. that part. And like, look at Tua now. Dude, it's it's wild how something so seemingly obvious teams just don't do. What are you good at? Like, this is not, this is a very common thing in the NFL. Um, you know, this is why I've been so upset about like how the Bears have been sort of been, uh, utilizing Justin Fields all these years. And and I'm, again, I'm yeah, not well, you're like, like necessarily- hey, have the six four cyborg who runs a four four and just had the second most rushing yards ever for a quarterback. Have him run more than once a game. It's like, uh, yeah, I, obviously, I'm not even like defending Justin Fields. I'm just saying it's fucking logic. Just use logic. Do the do the things that your players are good at. 
Um, so anyways, I think, you know, that's obviously a huge, huge part of this whole equation. And when I watch Tua now, um, it's so reminiscent of what he was doing at Alabama. I'm not saying the schemes are exactly the same, but like hitting his back foot, getting the ball out, you know, letting him, letting his processing be like the thing that defines him. He's so quick and so just confident throwing over the middle field, like design an offense that that does that stuff. And, and, you know, they're not trying to turn him into like a drop back passer where he's taking really long drop backs and going through his reads and progressions and, you know, doing all the quote unquote, like pro style stuff, just like, let him do what he's really good at. And so accentuate the strengths and try and avoid asking him to do things. This is something that Pete Carroll said, you know, throughout his whole career is don't ask your players to do something they can't do. That's something that's huge, huge part of his whole system and philosophy. That's where we're at right now. The teams that are competing, really, truly competing for a Super Bowl, there are only two buckets. There are teams that have a super naturally good quarterback. Brock Purdy. No, not really. It's like, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, right? Like, you know, we transcendent put Lamar, like people who have some, not just one, but even like maybe a couple different superpowers. And then the teams who don't have that, but have the Shanahan-McDaniel offense where, wow, that guy's open. Wow, that guy's open. Where literally just every play looks easy. And if, you're not, if you don't have one of those two things, then you're not actually going for it. <laughs> it's true. It's just like... Yeah. All right. You want to do an email? We have a very important email here. Yes. Okay. This is from Adam. Adam. Hey, guys. I've noticed that DK has been using down bad or down atrocious a few times while describing teams or players facing tough <laughs> situations. Like, oh, they're yeah. feeling down, they're down bad. I figured you should know that, though, when the kids say down bad, they actually mean desperately horny for someone or something. Or like, i.e., atrociously <laughs> down to fuck is what down bad means. Really? Well, I didn't know that. Um, I feel like that's <laughs> that's not really... I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just arguing. I should not be arguing with someone who knows better, but... I feel like that's not at all how people use it on Twitter. You're the old guy at the office who is still saying, you know, who got the, remember the phrase like, remember the guy who emailed us who was like, oh yeah, like the old guys used the phrase, yeah, you're going to get your ass chewed out, but they just, they're like, hey, you're going to get your ass ate out by the boss. Like you're that down guy now bad. down bad. I mean, look, I'm just saying this is not how people I'm around use it on Twitter. I'm not saying I'm correct. Maybe a lot of us old fogies are just stupid. But yes, Email us at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com if you have other slang that you've used and you actually had no idea what it meant. This is just like a great continuation of the summer. Like I, when I didn't know what run train meant, I thought running train meant getting run over by a train. Yeah. So I, I need to stop using down bad, apparently. Down atrocious? It means you're super horny? <laughs> I, I, <think laughs> I really so. did not know that. That doesn't make any sense the way I'm using it. Give me more of these people out there yeah. if, you, if you've heard me misusing slang. Oh, so I haven't shared them. There's dozens. We have so many examples. You, you, you keep mixing metaphors. That's what we get emails about with you. Oh, I'm sure that's true. Uh, I would love to hear more of them. Make a list. I'll make a list. We can, we can yeah. read it. I'll publish a shame. Emails are fantasyfootballgmail.com. If you have any qualms with how we speak, that's cool. I know I'd say golf and dolphin's weird. I, that's just not what Josh Palmer. Yeah. How, what is it? And also, I know I can't say penalties. 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 That was pretty close. I, instead of rhyming it with Maurice... Pounce, Pounty, the Pounty twins. <laughs> All right, we're getting out of here. Emails are fantasyfootballgmail.com. DK's waivers are fantasyfootball.theringer.com Tuesdays. And then we have rankings there on Thursdays. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Jesse, for producing this episode. Thank you, Craig, for being here in spirit. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren, thank you, Foghat. <laughs> That's not real. <laughs> what?
Fog Slow hat. Ride. Stop it. Take it easy. Is that who makes that song? Yes. Fog hat? Yes. I thought that was a joke. Do they, is, do they have other songs or is that like they're... I mean, ostensibly, yes. People are going to be mad at me. I didn't know them. Like, obviously, I know this. I actually feel like that's one of... I feel like if you made a list of like the hundred most like memorable songs in the history of America, that actually might crack it. Like, just like inst- yeah. you hear like two second split. Uh, Fog Hat is before my time. I don't really know much about them. I do know that song, though. It's on uh, Spotify. Well, yes, that too. But I was going to say... Uh, Shit, now I'm blanking on the movie with the high school movie, the very famous high school movie where they drive around in cars constantly. What is it? You think confused? Yes, that's the one. Great movie. Fog great, great soundtrack. I don't know, like these band names, I know we've talked about this, but committing to some name you have when you're like 17, you're like, damn, like. Fog hat. Do you think ASAP Rocky like just hates, like he's like, God, I can't believe I went with that. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like all these guys, yeah. Fog hat. You're like, you're like 75 now and people are like, Fog Hat. Like, fog Hat is probably some slang from the 80s that we don't know right now. Oh, we could be a trouble. we're using right. incorrectly. Oh, let me Google that. A euphemism for getting high on marijuana. <laughs> there we go. Okay. That, that makes, makes a lot sense. of sense. Makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's my education from Notre Dame College right there. There you go. All right. Which is in? Cleveland. All right. I got a t- I got a tweet just a few minutes ago that said that uh, what is it Frostburg University is in Maryland but like right by the West Virginia border. Frostburg University, essentially West Virginia. I'm not gonna Thanks, lie. Mike. There's some East Coast geography that would blow your guys' brains. Like you, you, like you would. <laughs> I know I, I, my mind was blown when that Sacramento to Oregon was eight hours. Like that was crazy to me. Right. But you guys have no idea what state's border, which I bet you have no clue. That is 100% correct. You know, Buffalo is like a seven-hour drive to New York City, but it's a one-hour drive to Pittsburgh. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, no. We could do that all day. You know, is it, those Isn't Toronto south of like a bunch of U.S. like big cities? Yeah, technically. That's kind of like how Toronto. Uh, we were talking Sorry, about how Reno is Reno's technically more west than L.A. <laughs> right, right. It's weird. All right, goodbye, everyone. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit one 800 gambler.net West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.